Lights, camera, action. When a script is written that is so bad, no one will film it. These brave podcasters will bring it to life just so they can mock it. This is Table Reads. So the movie's kaput, which means your script ain't worth the buffalo shit on a nickel. Table Reads with Sean McBee, Jeff Lewis, and Joshua Baker. Hey, it's us. We're back. I'm Sean. That's Jeff and Josh. And we are here for episode 131 of Table Reads, where we will be reading Bill and Ted's Friggin' Badass Voyage. You guys ready for this? God, I was born ready for this. Whoa. I can't wait to hear your synopsis. I'll ask questions afterwards that... (laughs) Knowing that you don't know the answer, I will continue to ask you questions. All right. A little bit of background on this script. What we're reading is the writer's third draft dated November 1st, 2007. It is written by Suzanne Francis and Gabe Griffoni. Uh, They are most well known for writing a uh, Kenan Thompson movie that went straight to DVD. And pretty much nothing else ever. Their their catalog of written credits is so small, in fact, that I had to reach out to Suzanne Francis on Twitter and say, hey, did you guys write this on spec or did someone like hire you to write a Bill and Ted movie? And she assured me that the studio hired them to write a Bill and Ted movie. So it's fair game. Wow. Now wow, be- rubbing, rubbing arms with the Hollywood elite there, Sean. She's you know what? Huh? When you have one writing credit to your name, apparently you respond to strangers on Twitter. She's silly enough to leave her DMs open. <laughs> um, apparently she is now a successful pick. children's author. So, you know, more. Oh, you know, good. Great for her. Uh, Gabe Griffoni, her writing partner on this and on that uh, movie that I can't remember the name of. Sorry. Um, He has a Twitter account as well, but he has not tweeted since, I think, 2012 or something. So I figured I'll just stick with the other lady. So here's the rest of this info about this script. It might be a Bill and Ted 3 that never happened, or it might be a reboot. I have read rumors going both ways on the Internet, so we're going to have to find out together. Whoa. Are we going to be able to like uh, do a direct comparison of the new uh, Bill and Ted face the music? You think that has anything to do with this? I'm going to say it has nothing at all to do with this. Wow. Bold. Especially if this is a reboot. Um, however, uh, it will be coming out on whatever. Where, how, where is it even coming out? HBO Max? Hey. No, no, no. It's just uh, for like rent, like direct or on demand or whatever. Well, it's coming out on demand somewhere while we're putting out these episodes. So it'll all coincide and it'll be great. I'm looking. You guys ready to read this shit? I'm ready to read, bro. I'm just ready to read in general. What you got? Let's do this. Fade in. 
Bill and Ted's Friggin' Badass Voyage, Writer's Third Draft, 1101-07. Fade in. Exterior, Venice Beach Strand. Day. A perfect, sunny, and breezy California day on Venice Beach. Scattered peddlers. A skinny, grimy dude selling incense. A buff, bald guy wearing a Speedo with a large snake draped around his neck. A woman selling hemp bikinis. Bill and Ted, two chill, good-looking 15-year-old best friends, round the corner carrying skateboards. This is a reboot! Yeah, they didn't. Yeah. Or a prequel. Could be a prequel. Could be a prequel. But then... They could, like, they could show up to, to hang out with their 15-year-old selves. I saw... Did you see uh, Face It Music? The, the, the like the, the trailer, the trailer? Yeah. I saw yeah. the first trailer yeah yeah so they're like going to get the song to save the universe or whatever from themselves after they already have it yeah <laughs> so okay I guess this could be a flashback and then our Bill and Ted will turn up maybe um, mm-hmm. but can we all agree that there's no way Keanu Reeves and Alex Winters were going to pass as 15 years old in 2007? I would love for them to just walk on their knees. Like, <laughs> like Dorf? Wow, what a day to be 15, bro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, too chill, good-looking... Fif- oh, it says good-looking. I guess they were going to recast Alex Winters after all. Oh, oh Jesus. It's 2007. It's not even past like the third sentence. <laughs> it's like, oh, by the way, fuck Alex Winters. It's 2007. He would have been recast as Zac Efron at this time. Because he's sure. coming off of High School Musical. Uh, round the corner, carrying skateboards. They each wear a t-shirt with half of the logo Atomic Gorilla and a gorilla riding skateboard. One has Atomic with half the logo. The other has Gorilla with the other half. When they stand side by side, it forms Atomic Gorilla. Or Thank gorilla you for atomic. explaining that. It's Thank good you. direction. It's good direction. <laughs> Don't take it apart. It's not a fucking novel. <laughs> it's explaining a joke. Well, this is why it's funny. They, they don't want costumes to fuck up the joke. Sure. Yeah, okay. that's exactly right. why they wrote it like that. Sorry, Suzanne. They, they don't want Atto Gore standing next to Mick Illa. Yeah, oh, man, you get a don't open dead inside from Walking Dead. Exactly. Bone hurting juice. Mm. Ted wears a wool lid, plaid shorts, and flip flops. Bill wears jeans and a pair of Vans, laces untied. They walk toward the camera. Uh, you're Ted. I'm Ted. Yeah. Hey, Bill. Hey, Ted. Are you hungry? <laughs> I sure am. They stop walking, lower themselves out of frame, and pop back up, holding only acoustic guitars. Oh, no. When they play, they do not sound good. (laughs) Ted strums a chord and softly sings, Burrito. Bill smiles and strums, singing, Guacamole. They play and walk toward Jorge's burrito buggy. Their music has a Green Day spoon vibe. They arrive to find an unenthused Jorge standing inside and continue their song. 
Hey, hey, Jorge, como estas? You're looking so fine, you lost a few pounds, or mas. <laughs> He's just singing it! <laughs> I cut out my monosaturated fat intake. That's great! <laughs> please, 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 two beef burritos with cheese. Pico de gallo and pinto beans. Don't forget the salsa that is spicy. It's nicey. 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 And Jorge, one more thing. Por favor. Extra guacamole. They bust out into chorus. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly. Extra guacamole. <laughs> Makes it so happy. We want to rock and roll Share some extra with, with your best Jesus friend. Christ. This is so hard. They would never end. Okay, so, so let me just tell the audience. Uh, when you're doing this remotely as we are because of Corona times, uh, everything is out of sync. What's great here is the direction said that they are bad. So this works. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys were in the room with me, it would be too good. That's true. It would be too good. Josh and I synced up really well on ad lib improv songs. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was listening to uh, Fake Doctors, Real Friends, and Zach Braff and Donald Faison uh, sang something, and it was in sync. And I was like, "How on earth are they doing that? What platform are they using?" And uh, it turns out that their producer did it in post. Uh, and um, no, I'm not doing that. Sorry. <laughs> For the bitch, if, I, if I if I had you on the phone, it would work. Like, yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. Why isn't the internet absolutely lagless and and just instantaneous across everything always? Why aren't because we there yet? Entropy. Yeah, they don't want it to be like that. The government's doing it. True. Totally. It's because the 5G causes the corona. <clears throat> oh, you know about that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I've been airing out my butthole to the sun trying to save myself from the rona. <laughs> they look at Jorge and give him the signal. He hands them their oh. burritos. They smile and take a bite simultaneously, look up to the sky... As the sun beams down, freeze frame. Interior, Ted's bedroom, morning. Pull out from an iMac on the freeze frame. They've been watching a music video they've been working on. Oh, God. Memorabilia and posters from bands like Modest Mouse, The Killers, The Strokes, Green Day, and Spoon adorn the room. A collection of Ted's wool caps hangs on hooks. Over the following... Bill habitually tosses a yellow ping-pong ball in the air and catches it. This is where I want to add the fireball effect. It'll look like we're balls of fire. I'm not going to lie, Ted. This might be the tightest music video ever. Bill and Ted do their signature grab-snap-double-punch-pound handshake. Ah. Then, it's just, then it's just a matter of time before Atomic Gorilla hits the top of the charts. Women will flock to us like Canadian geese. They're everywhere. Canadian geese or, or, or women? Both. Will be. <clears throat> Later. 
<laughs> this is the iMac. Sexy computer voice, John. <clears throat> Time to go. Time to go. Bill and Ted, don't be late for school. Bill gets up to go. Wait, this is my favorite part. <laughs> you both look sexy today. Bone factor, 10. <laughs> Why, thank you, Jessica. I think you're correct. <laughs> if we weren't reading this, this would be balls. But because <laughs> we're reading it, it's better. Bill and Ted, Bill and Ted head out. Bill trips on a shoe along the way. All right, so quick pause to point out definitely, definitely a reboot because yeah, yeah, this is 2007 and they're 15 in 2007. Yeah. yeah. They're moving them forward in the timeline. Also, why on earth would you change the name of Wild Stallions in a I Bill and Ted re reboot? I don't know. Maybe they find it, but like that sucks. If that's a if that's a thing, then they change Wild Stallions. That's, I'm not into that. But maybe something changes and they who, who wants they to see that. Atomic Gorilla? <laughs> no, Days and Canadian geese. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, I'm gonna fuck them both. <laughs> Honk. <laughs> uh, this might also be a good time to point out that I haven't seen the Bill and Ted movies since they were like new. I think I was in sixth grade the last time I watched the first one. Wow. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm gonna rewatch oh. them. I rewatched <laughs> re them a couple, uh, maybe four years ago, because Carson had never seen them, and I was like sitting there the whole time, like, and every time she looked at me, I'm like, right, yeah, it's good, it's good. And I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> some of it doesn't hold up. Some of the jokes are fucking tits. There's parts but, of it that are funny, but a lot of it yeah. is pretty cringy. Like, yeah, but, but, Carlin. Yeah, George Carlin. Yeah. Right. Uh, oh, what's his name? Rufus. 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 Yeah. Interior classroom day. Ms. Medina's 10th grade history class is in session. She paces the room, chalk in hand, in front of a board with some information on Hernando Cortez written on it. Okay, you guys are doing a lot of work, so I'm, I'm probably going to be everybody that isn't you guys. <laughs> I can't wait for this. I mean, I'll help if you need some help. Yeah. Hernando Cortez landed in... Oh, Jesus. I take it back. <laughs> T huh. Hernando Cortez landed in Tenochtitlan in 1519. When he arrived, the Aztecs thought he was a god and welcomed him. Bill and Ted open the door slowly and creep into the room against the wall, trying to remain unnoticed. Cortez used this to his advantage, and in just two years, overtook the Aztecs. Bill, Ted, they stop in their tracks. Miss Medina? Miss Medina? You're late. Um, yes. Yes, we were studying so hard at the library this morning that we lost track of time. Yep. And on the way here, we saw one of those blood vans. So we stopped to help the people who needed our blood. One of those blood vans. 
I thought he was on like crimps and blood. <laughs> <laughs> we stopped him. Take your seats. Where are your books? Right. Uh, right. Wow. We also stopped at a book drive for hungry blind orphans and we yeah. gave them our books to sell to buy porridge. Yeah! <laughs> Ms. Medina rolls her eyes. Bill, share with Gerald. Ted, share with Emily. Oh, um, Emily? Emily Rosenwig? Ted looks over at Emily. He is transfixed by her boobs. <laughs> yes, Emily, go sit now. Bill raises his eyebrows and winks at Ted. Ted nervously approaches Emily's desk. Bill sits next to Gerald, a fat kid with braces and a t-shirt that reads, I heart Bill Gates. Ted takes a sit next a sit. Ted, <laughs> Ted takes a seat next to Emily. He can't look her in the face. She slides her book over for both of them to see. He tries to look away, but always comes back to her boobs. Cortez and his men raided the land for gold and other treasures. Ted tries to fix his hair. He licks his fingers and turns the page, trying to look smart. We're still on page 58. Ted casually licks his finger again and turns the page back. He looks around and then back at her cleavage. Ted's phone vibrates on the desk, scaring him. He looks to see a text from Bill. Boobies! He fumbles and chokes on his gum. He tries to dislodge it discreetly at first. It gets worse. What are you doing? Are you okay? Ted continues to choke. He gets up and hurls his body around, then stands over the chair to try to force the gum out. Bill runs over. Ms. Medina and the rest of the class watch. I'll save you, Ted. I know the Hyman maneuver. Bill, Ted, that's enough. Chaos as Ted continues to choke. Bill stands behind him, hugging him and pumping his stomach. With one final pump, the gum dislodges from Ted's throat and flies across the room, hitting Ms. Medina square in her left nipple. Awkward. Interior. Principal Baumeister's office. Moments later. An unhappy, tired Principal Baumeister sits at his desk across from Bill and Ted. I could have died on school property. Bill saved me. And that's what we should focus on, Principal Bumhauser, Baumhauser, life. For without it, we would not be here. He grabs a sheet of paper off his desk. The bigger issue here is your academics. F's in every class. Uh, are you sure? Sometimes E's can look a lot like F's. It's very hard to distinguish. No, they're F's. In every single class. World history, geometry, English, science, Spanish. I can without any hesitation. I can say without any hesitation that you two are the worst students to ever attend San Dimas High. I mean, have you learned even a single thing this year? 
Of course we have. Lots of stuff. Right, Bill? For, for starters, Hernando Cortez. Okay, good. Who is Hernando, Hernando Cortez? Who are any of us? Who is Principal Baumheiser? A, a loving, caring, well-groomed man with excellent gum line. We'd like to think so. Enough. This is serious. <laughs> and so is knowledge. To us, we've learned a lot this year. We know about Joan of Arcadia and, and, and Mumble Mumble Petrie Schmear. Then covers my Wait, wait I, I think I did that wrong. Yeah, I think you covered during the mumble part. Oh, you're, you're right. Look, you'll both have to repeat sophomore year. Maybe this time you will put forth some effort. Wait, whoa, what? Oh, okay, calm down. Everyone just calm down here. I, I'm sure there's something we can do. Bill grabs a pen and a slip of paper off the desk and scribbles furiously. He recaps the pen and slides the paper in front of Baumheiser while averting his eyes. The paper reads, We owe you two million dollars. No. Oh. Bill reaches over and slowly adds another zero. And <laughs> <laughs> keeping it going. Principal Baumheiser crumples the page and throws it out. How about we make you some killer tacos? Ted pulls his own beef. Bill and Ted stifle a laugh. No, it's done. You're getting left back. Ted starts to fake cry. He wipes his eyes, leans on Bill. There, there, Ted. I guess this is it. I'll have to turn to a life of crime. Thieving, pillaging... Running in the desert to get across the border with who knows what smuggled up me, my buttocks. Ted weeps. Principal Baumheiser rolls his eyes. So this is my America. No child left behind. I guess we proved them wrong. We proved them wrong. Baumheiser shakes his head as Ted continues to weep. You guys think this is all a big joke. You have no respect for education or for your teachers. We, oh. we appreciate our teachers to the utmost extent of the law. Heck, I even want to be a teacher when I'm old. It's kind of like my dream. Same here. We, we, we have to heal the children. If not us, then who? Oh, really? Principal Baumheiser lets this all sink in. He leans back in his chair and takes a deep breathe. So you want to teach? Who doesn't? Well, then teach you shall. You are going to see what it's like to actually try and teach a bunch of unappreciative, short attention span students. This is a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever his plan is, I don't know what this is it. Principal Baumheiser is clearly excited by his idea. He reaches for another file on his desk and opens it. Okay. Third period. You both have study hall. Yeah, that's our best subject. We love study hall. That's where we have our best lyrical breakthroughs. 
Well, Monday, instead of going to Mr. Pickering's room and having lyrical breakthroughs, you and the rest of the students who have third period study hall will meet in the auditorium. Then you will get up on the stage, and for 42 minutes the floor is yours. If you can teach us what you have learned this year, I'll let you pass 10th grade. Bill and Ted looking at each other knowingly. And no, it cannot be in the form of an atomic gorilla song. They deflate. He's on to us. Principal Baumheiser hands the guys a sheet of paper. This is the California State Required Curriculum for 10th grade. I expect a full presentation on every subject you're failing, which is all of them. Bill snags the sheet. We accept your proposal. Bill and Ted rise and stand side by side, forming the Atomic Gorilla logo with their t-shirts. Atomic Atomic Gorilla! Gorilla! They bolt out of the office. (laughs) Interior. Ted's house slash basement later that afternoon. We pan across textbooks, strewn across the floor. Scribbled on one cover, we see an atomic gorilla cartoon with a bubble. Geometry equals boring X infinity. I guess that's times infinity. Oh, easy. Yeah. Like taking candy from a babe in the woods. Snagged. Reveal the guys engaged in an intense battle on Wii. This dates it. (laughs) They wave their controllers as they play the fishing minigame. They cast lines and mime reeling in fish. What's up with that world history book? Not one picture of dinosaur. That's a croc. Yeah, because they're they're made by the government to brainwash us. Oh, oh no, no, you don't, largemouth bass. You sneaky hoe, I got you. Count it. Bill, how are we going to learn all that stuff by Monday? If only we could teach people about Zelda or Super Paper Mario. You know, something real and useful. Tis an unfair world. That's right, you're my bitch now. (laughs) Bernard Logan, Ted's father, enters. He is not happy. Oh, hi, Dad. Theodore, I need to talk to you upstairs. Now. I don't know cool. what that voice is. It's, it's a very assertive dad. <laughs> cool. Bathroom break. How long are you going to be? Good night, Bill. Oh, I'm not tired. I know old people go to bed early, but... No, I'm telling you to go home. Oh, right. Got it. Good night, Mr. Logan. (laughs) Wink, wink. (laughs) Good luck. Bill exits as Bernard rolls his eyes. Interior, Ted's kitchen, later that afternoon. Ted sits at the table. Chip, Ted's 12-year-old brother, eats a sloppy joe and enjoys every minute of this. Bernard paces as he gives a serious and sinister lecture. Theodore! If you don't pass your sophomore year, I'm sending you to a place where you will gain the discipline and responsibility you so desperately need. A place where unless you change, you will be squashed like a cockroach. No. 
No, no, not Uncle Gustav's in Germany. Ted takes a beat and lovingly eyes his dad. He places a hand to his dad's cheek. But I love you, dad. I wonder how you say that in German. Ted, you fail. You go to your Uncle Gustav's. Chip cackles as he revs a hair buzzer. <laughs> they don't have hair in Germany. I hear they wax your entire body. Really? My hair? Okay. Well, thank you for that information. You've both spoiled my appetite. I will not be dining in your company this fine evening. <laughs> Ted grabs a salt shaker from the table. Foiled again, Chip. Ted runs out. That was actually pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, it's so it's totally Ted, man. Like, problem is I didn't read that part. I, I read past it, and then you said the fucking lie, and that shit got me. <laughs> Ted was funny. The dad was just. He's real a character of a dad. Real yeah, he was a police. He was a police chief trying to send him to military school. And then yeah. yeah, I remember it was military school. Yeah. I guess Uncle Gustav is, uh, I don't know, what, a Nazi? It would appear so. At least a Nazi sympathizer. <laughs> or just a scary German dude. Uh, enthusiast. Well, I think Swaseka that's... Like a enthusiast. <laughs> No, you, you'll see, the swastikas, they are just for the decoration. Uh, you see, if, if we take it down, we won't remember our history. All equal sides. This is our heritage. I yeah. lost Sean Skype. Is that just me? No, I can see him. Oh, can you hear him? Yeah, yeah, I can hear him. Can you I just hear lost his visual. That, lucky you. Uh, I think this is a good place for a break, you guys. Oh, man. Ooh. Break so, time. I'm about to eat this salt shaker. We'll see <laughs> you shortly. Table Reads will return after this brief word from our sponsors. What's up, docs and docettes? Trevor Thompson, the self-appointed Looney Tunes critic here, and if you like old cartoons and watching online reviewers dissect them, then you probably said the same thing I did about two years ago. Hey, what the fuck? Bear, watch your language, you bud. Every Saturday morning, I do a brand new commentary of a Warner Brothers short. All throughout the month, I do video essays examining the history of these cartoons. Catch my videos on youtube.com slash ferriswheelhouse2, or just use the hashtag Looney Tunes Critic. And now, here's Eric Bauza, the new voice of Bugs Bunny. You've been listening to the Looney Tunes Critic. Ain't he a stinker? Lights, camera, action. So the movie's kaput, which means your script ain't worth the buffalo shit on a nickel. Now, back to Table Reads. So, I was just telling the guys while we were on break that Bill and Ted, to me, is really a movie of its time. And its time was like the late 80s. These characters don't like exist anymore in like the world in 2007. But they've sort of been picked up from the original movie and dropped in here just as they are sure. without updating. 
because they tried it in the there was it Airheads or whatever with yeah that, that was kind of that that kind of felt like a Bill and Ted but like a bigger ensemble. I mean, I can appreciate them bringing it in. It's kind of like a Tenacious D feel to it right now, like the origins of that shit. Holy shit! If they had rebooted Bill and Ted with Jack and Cage, that would have. That oh that would have been a lot more interesting. I would love to see a hard R tenacious D Bill and Ted with the same read of foiled again, Chip. Um, foiled again, Chip. Also, (laughs) favorite fucking reads. (laughs) While they haven't like updated the characters of Bill and Ted at all, they updated excellent journey to friggin badass voyage i guess to make it more 2007 yeah and it's a bit much i think friggin badass but that's that's just the title sure fade in interior bill's house slash living room night Ted enters to see Bill standing on a stool in a candy striper uniform. Marla, his hot young stepmother, is pinning the outfit as Glenn Preston, Bill's father, watches her bootay. It says in the direction, bootay. <laughs> oh no, Bill, you're going to jail. No, it's a candy striper uniform. Oh, sweet. Free candy. No, Ted, it's a trick. It has nothing to do with candy. It means I work in a hospital for free. Oh, Billy, don't be so glum. You'll be doing it with me. Your father and I think this is just the thing you need to cure your case of the lazies. But I don't want to be a candy striper. If you don't want to be a damn candy striper, then pass the 10th grade. Ted, move out of the way. I can't see it. Ted moves over so Glenn can continue to get a good look at Marla's ass as she bends over to pin Bill's pants. Marla smiles at Glenn as she does a little dip and pole dancing move. She rises (laughs) sexily. Ted stares at her as she does this with his jaw on the floor. He shakes it off and leans in to have a moment with Bill as Marla works. This is disastrous, Bill. You're going to get the bird flu in a stench-ridden hospital while I'm hairless in Germany eating gruel. He's sending you to your Uncle Gustav's? Yeah, this is no joke. We need to pass. Nay, homie. We will pass. But first, we, we need brain food. They both have the same idea. All right, here we go. Spice chicken. chicken. Perfect. Flawless. Look at this guy sneezing. They sneezed like six he's times a, now. Yeah, he's, like a, he's a pro, though. That Dude. was only yeah. three sneezes. Thank you. That's brutal. Uh, it looks like it sucks, man. Yeah, that was awful. Exterior, Wendy's. Later that night, Bill and Ted stand in front of Wendy's, staring at the closed sign. I can see the frosty machine from here. It's so beautiful. <laughs> Please! We're starving out here! Hold on, look. Ted points to a sign that reads, drive through open until 2 a.m. Do you guys think that they're going to change it up from a phone booth? 
to a spicy chicken sandwich? I don't know, dude. I don't know. I don't. Are, are there phone booths in 2007? 2007 oh, is a bit late for phone booths. Right? Yeah, let's call it. Like, what do we think it is? What do we think the the time travel? So if the phone booth outside the circle, K, I'm gonna go with they're gonna stick with the phone booth. Okay. What if it's like mm. the drive-through window? 2007. Uh, I mean, man, I'm fucking. Maybe the iMac. I mean, maybe the iMac sucks them in. Yes, Jessica. Jessica. <laughs> All right, let's let's find out, because it's got to be soon, right? Like any time now. Yeah. Right. Exterior: Wendy's drive-through. Moments later, Bill and Ted pretend they're in a car. <laughs> Ted is in the make-believe driver's seat, and Bill is the and Bill in the passenger. They squat as if sitting in a car as they drive up to the drive-thru. Squeak. <laughs> Hello there. We'd like two spicy chicken sandwiches, please. <laughs> oh, hold on a second. He's got a voice for this. <laughs> oh. Sir, move away from the drive-thru. You're not in a car. Of course we're in a car. Beep, beep. <laughs> Calm down back there. I'm ordering from my car window. <laughs> now, about those sandwiches. <laughs> I can see you. There's a camera right above you. You're hovering, pretending to be in a car. Uh, it's an invisible car. We borrowed it from Wonder Woman. That's a jet. And no, you didn't. You need to move on. There's a line of people in cars behind you. Okay, then. We see how you are. Good day, <laughs> Wendy lady. Good day. Ted clicks his indicator, looks behind him, checking his blind spot before reversing and pulling away. <laughs> I love the committing to that bit. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm so fucking glad you chose Ted. Your reads are impeccable. <laughs> Shit. Exterior, Wendy's parking lot. A little later. Bill and Ted sit on the curb, dejected and lost in thought. Bill sadly tosses his yellow ping pong ball against the wall. Not a good day. Not the best. We need a plan, Ted. Let's think. Let's think real hard. They squeeze their faces as they try and think hard. A flash of blue light blinds them. Oh my god, our brains made light! Rufus appears inside a bubble of light. The bubble vanishes and he smiles at them. It's the closest I got. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna do my best, George Carlin. Hey, homies! Wow, that's, that's excellent. Oh, <laughs> uh, can I can I brag for a second? I got yeah. to see George Carlin live. Oh, I'm super. Oh, jealous. That super is fucking jealous. Yeah, it's a it's a high point. The train conductor. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, all right. So, did you guys say hi? Not yet. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Bill, Ted. The fine vision you see before you is not a mirage. I am Rutherford Shimbleshank. 
You can call me Rufus. Now, this might sound totally loco in the membrane, but I have come from the future to help you. You came from the future? Yeah, crazy, right? Now, listen. This is getting way off, <laughs> Carlin. <laughs> Get now, your sword! Now, listen. <laughs> I'm here because the future of this world rests upon your shoulders. I think you got the wrong guys, Mr. Rufus. We're not even going to pass the 10th grade. I know, and that's why I'm here. You have to pass. If you don't, the music of Atomic Gorilla will be erased from the space-time continuum, and the world will be totally and completely screwed. You've heard of Atomic Gorilla? Oh yeah, our entire universe is based on their music. Your music. Hold on, Jack. Before we purchase your magical beans, if you can travel through time, then you could travel back two hours to when Wendy's was open and snag us two spicy chicken sandwiches. Yeah, and two Frosties. Nice one, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> Bill and Ted do their signature handshake. They have a handshake instead of the air guitar. Right. They're trying to change it to make it their own in like the, the worst most way. innocuous yeah. ways that like are, are bad. They're, they're wrong. Overall, <laughs> the, I think the script is actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even in Bill and Ted, like they, they, they fit in the time and they were assholes for it. Cause they were like too far. Like this would have been cool just to have them the same exact characters and mentality today. Like yeah. it would have been cool yeah. to just have eighties metal heads not fitting in with like the the 2007 yep. like yeah so all the same boy, all, all the same shit. mentality like how do i use this phone this isn't a phone what is this like, yeah air guitar wild stallion some 80s hair metal shit they like, have to go to a, way cool they have to go to a pawn shop to get fucking cassette tapes yeah like, yeah that whole fucking story is amazing we fixed that's it. way better yeah, we fixed it. That. <laughs> but you know if you're gonna change it you know i would rather actually change you know something about the characters maybe they're um more potheads than surfer dudes uh but you know keep keep the like bill and ted signature things like wild stallions and yeah like those are those are just key those those are the things that people identify with bill and ted yeah, they're mm-hmm. part of the IP, right? People care about that shit more than they care about like their actual personalities. I right. would say. Which I mean is an indictment of movie going audiences. Um <laughs> not something that we should necessarily hold against these writers, but Yeah, but you can't like I mean, if you were to think about Bill and Ted like thematically, you can't even really tell them apart. Like it's just two characters being the same character. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, they don't, ha- yeah. they don't have defining characteristics. They are like, they are almost one character. Yeah, but they play off each other because they need to say stupid shit to each other. Yeah, and that's what makes them better. It absolutely is the antics and the the person out of time type shit, especially in the first one. It's kind of amazing that that movie is remembered at all, let alone has a sequel. Let that's alone. Fair. A, a new sequel like, 20 yeah. years right. later. Or 30 years later, I guess now. 
Holy fuck. <laughs> what I want is for Ted to go back in time to meet the lady that lives at his lake house. To the- Sandra, oh, nah. <laughs> you gotta cue us in on that, man. <laughs> you know, the lake house with the, the time travel house. mailbox. Yeah, yeah, the mailbox. I don't know the mailbox. Fuck. The movie's okay. <laughs> it's, it's not great. I would rather watch this. Right, yeah. Um... Okay, they do their signature handshake because we've never seen that before. As Rufus opens his cell phone, the blue light flashes again and a blue bubble encompasses him. He vanishes. He is back in another flash and hands them a Wendy's bag. No way! Whoa. Thanks, Rufus. They eat their sandwiches as Rufus continues. So it's not a... It's just a, a Terminator bubble? With a cell phone? It's sure. a cell phone. It's a cell phone. I said cell phone. You did, didn't you? I did. I also said I, I was kind of wishing that they would fucking stick with the fucking phone booth. Nobody knows what a phone booth is anymore. Like, I mean, even when it came out, that style of phone booth was almost extinct. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just the one with the, the pole and the, like, two dividers on the side. Yeah. yeah. That's the only one you would ever see, even at that point. <clears throat> what would be bananas? Like the iPhone came out this year. What? If, what if Rufus says it's like the iPhone 11, which is what's in my pocket? It, it does wait. the time travel. It's just a standard yeah. app. That would be dope. It's a standard a phone. app. <laughs> it's a phone. It's an music player and it's got the internet <laughs> it's an internet device a cell phone um, and a web and browser are you what getting the it fuck yet is the internet dude that if, if anybody has fucking 10 minutes watch that 2007 iphone conference that shit's amazing oh yeah that shit i i remember watching it when it like first happened in 2007 mm-hmm. and i turned to my girlfriend at the time and i said holy shit we live in the future Right. And now, if someone tried to hand me one of those phones, I would throw it against the wall and be like, right. what is this, this is piece trash. of shit? The, the, if you watch it now, fucking 13 years later, it's way better. Like, no one knew what was happening, and everybody's quiet, and everything's just a crazy person up there. Yeah. We're like, the fuck is he talking about? It's, uh... Sorry. It's great. Um, so... Okay, my Carlin sucks. It's really closer to Harvey Firestein. Fucking suck it up, guys. Sorry. Don't fucking tell me what to do. You <laughs> give me an ace, George Carlin. Goddamn it! Here's the deal: <laughs> take this cell phone and travel through time to learn what you need. You catch up on all the stuff you didn't learn this year, so you can show that principal you know what's up. It's like going straight to the horse's mouth. You like horses, right? Uh, Don't stand behind them. They will mess with your cabeza and kick you. My uncle Frederico got hit so hard, he turned into my aunt. His manhood folded up inside him. What the fuck? Shit. Bill and Ted are scared and confused. Now listen. (laughs) You look someone up, hit send, and uno, dos, tres. You're there. This is your time-traveling device. 
Sweet. Let's go get Halo 4. And find out what we look like old. Sorry, homies. No can do. <clears throat> you can't travel within your own lifetime. It won't work. That's the eighth paradox of time travel. Uh, well, that's a little ghetto, Rufus. <laughs> kind of takes the fun out of it. <laughs> this is important crap I'm talking about here. You guys aren't understanding the gravity of this situation. I'll have to show you. Rufus dials. A flash of blue light and the bubble appears. They vanish. Interior. Bubble. Continuous. Rufus screams and flaps his cheek with his hands to make it look like he's being pulled by G-forces as they whirl through space-time in the tiny bubble of light. Why is he clown? <laughs> Traveling through time is a totally and... is a totally and very crazy phenomenon. Two out of three people don't even survive! Bill and Ted exchange a look. Rufus stops holding his cheeks. Just kidding, it's very safe. Where are we? Yeah, what is all this stuff? Like I told you, we're traveling through time! Every trip is different, depends on where you're going. The trails through time are fingerprints. No two are the same. They hurtle through space-time. Exterior, city street. 2688 AD, continuous. A flash of blue light and the guys appear on a sunny street surrounded by futuristic buildings and lined with avocado trees. He, they did predict the future. Burrito buggies and Wendy's establishments abound. People walk around wearing plaid robes and pajamas. Welcome to the year 2688. No way. Wendy's, it's alive. Damn straight. Wendy's and burrito buggies are the only fast food establishments around in the future. The only trees are avocado in order to provide for the world's ever-growing guacamole needs. Some of the passers-by start to notice the guys. Oh ho! Oh ho! One by one, people start chanting and pointing. Oh ho! Oh ho! Oh ho! What are they doing, Rufus? They're freaking me out. They're gonna eat us! They must season people with guacamole! <laughs> Gentlemen, relax. Oho, that's you. It's always been you. What, what do you mean? Oho, original homies. You are them, and they are you. Original homies? Yeah, it's the title of your first album. Holy crap. A crowd has gathered around Bill and Ted, staring in awe. You see, the music of Atama Gorilla, Atomic Gorilla, is what all of the future society is based on. The message, the hope, the happiness. Society and nature are in complete harmony. All the effects of global warming have been reversed, and the ozone has patched itself. There's no more disease. World peace abounds, and the continents have merged back into one. We call it Pangea Dos. <laughs> Bill and Ted are amazed and impressed. Atomic Gorilla did all that? Yes. The message of Atomic Gorilla. Its simplicity taught the world how to kish. Kish? 
Kish. Who? You two. I'm not kissing him. Well, I mean, I went on the cheek. Kish, keep it simple, homie. It's actually the title of your second album. Oh, nice. The crowd moves in closer. Say something. They await. Do they... Do they speak American? They speak Bill and Tedekin. Anything you say, they can understand. Uh, <clears throat> Hello, citizens of Tomorrowland. We bring you greetings from San Dimas, circa 2008. Bill and I feel like forefathers, in a way. Exactly. Like, we birthed each and every one of you. But not literally, because in our time, babies come from Lady Jewels. And in your time, you probably make them in a microwave out of laser beams. Anyway, look, we just want to say... Yeah, you know... The crowd anxiously awaits. Wow. Hmm. We're on the spot. Uh, okay. Uh, remember to be homies. Yes, and love, love thy fellow homie. The crowd goes wild with applause. Damn it, they changed be excellent to each other to they love did. thy fellow homie? Oh, well. Oh, well. Can't win them all. <laughs> Friggin' A, let's do this. Rufus presses a few keys on the phone, a flash of blue, and the bubble expands around them. They're gone. Interior, Wendy's parking lot. Present time. Night. Flash of blue. The guys are back where they started. Okay. Now, you must embark on your mission and pass 10th grade. If you go to Uncle Gustav's and you turn into a candy striper, the holy guacamole video will never be finished. And if it doesn't get finished then it won't go up on YouTube and get noticed by Jack Kugelman of Kugelman Records. If he doesn't notice and help you become the atomic gorilla you were meant to be, we are completely doomed. The world will blow up. Kevin Federline clones will become tyrannical robot dictators and death and sickness and rats will roam the planet for eternity. Oh, what a joke. Okay, okay, I get it. Rufus, we can do this. We will save the world. All right. I got to interrupt for a second and say there's there's something to be said for making a movie timeless. And anyone that thought that Kevin Fenderline would have been remembered by the time this movie got made was out yeah. of their mind. <laughs> wow. A K-Fed reference. Yeah. <laughs> They'll study Kubrick for years. <laughs> I was having a hard time trying to remember who the fuck that was. Uh, <laughs> and you lived through it. But, uh, isn't it Britney Spears' girl boyfriend or something? He, they, or one day they were married. Or yeah, 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 okay. And then he had like a shitty rap career, then he got fat, then he got skinny. It was a thing. He's a footnote, a punchline, yeah. a, a trivia question. Trivia question's good, not a line in a script. Yeah. Yeah. Especially a script that posits, 
you know, 2688 remembering who he is. Right. No. Unless you're trying to like insert like a meta Google joke. <laughs> like they're just like, you're, you're worse than Kevin Federline. And they're like, well, who are you like? Google it. And then everybody has to Google it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they they like pause the movie. They say, "All right, we'll stop. Everyone, get your <laughs> yeah, phones yeah, yeah. out pause and Google the movie it. for a second. And we'll then they wait. Just, like they like look at their their watches <laughs> and wait. They're like, "All right, we'll wait." Like, <laughs> and then like fifteen seconds, they go, "Right, it was a good joke." <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> like to have it a full movie. like a full silver screen fucking show. Like, <laughs> they're like, "Don't use it's your cell phones except for that one part in the movie." Yeah. Now Not put your cell phone away or we're going to send someone in there to punch you in the throat. Yeah, yeah. We've notified all of the fucking people up front. <laughs> yeah, right. Now get to it, my homies. And there's one more extra important rule. Present time will continue to tick on as it normally does. So you have to keep an eye on the time. Remember, you have to make it back for your presentation and pass. Homie out. Adios, Adios, Rufus. Rufus. Thanks. Rufus dials. A flash of blue light. The bubble appears. Rufus is gone. Bill and Ted stare at their time travel device. Wow. Yeah. This is crazy, Ted. Crazy awesome. Who should we see first? Bill shrugs as he scrolls through names on the screen. Ted looks over his shoulder. How about him? He's Principal Baumhauser's favorite. Yeah. Did you see him when he said his name? Total face boner. I know, right? Okay. Here goes. Bill hesitates before hitting send. Are you sure? Yeah. Bill, what are you doing? Hit send. I don't know. What if I do it wrong? You've used a phone before, Bill. I think you can handle it. Yeah, but I've never dialed a time-traveling phone before. Okay, let's hit it together. Okay. Ready? Ready. The two dramatically press the green send button. A beat. The phone starts to glow and whir. A flash of blue light comes out of the phone. They are enveloped by the bubble. They nervously look around. Hold on to each other as the bubble grows in electricity and intensity. They vanish. Interior, bubble, continuous. Bill and Ted's bubble is spinning out of control and speeding through time. They scream as they try and get their footing. What's going on? Why are we spinning? Rufus said every trip was different. Woohoo! I definitely do not like it, Ted. Uh, uh... I feel sick. Relax. Just don't puke in the bubble. Do not puke in the bubble. All right. All right. Exterior. Mexico. 1500-ish. Day. Chiron. Mexico. 1500-ish. Flash of light as Bill and Ted appear. Holy crap. Holy crap. It worked. This is badass. A spear whizzes by, just missing them. Rocks hurl past. They are in the middle of an intense Braveheart-style battle. A flaming arrow flies by. Bill and Ted take off running. 
Not badass, Ted. We're gonna die of flaming arrow injuries. Run behind that tree. They run for a tree and quickly turn around when a gang of... Con- Can I just say, like, this dialogue could be audio drama dialogue. We're gonna die oh, yeah. of flaming I- arrow injuries. Run yeah. behind that tree. It's like it's like on the old radio dramas when they're like, I've got a gun, see? Oh, put down that gun. I'll get behind this wall. <laughs> they run for a tree and quickly turn around when a gang of conquistadors on horseback charges toward them. Oh, why don't I have a conquistador charging on horseback button? That sucks. Do the Star Wars one. Yeah. I took all the Star Wars ones off because we're done with Star Wars. <laughs> TIE Fighter sounds like Conquistadors, right? Yeah. They scream and run the other way. Their path is thwarted by a body landing in front of them with an arrow in its chest. They scream. Ted eyes Hernando Cortez fighting savagely. Over there, Hernando Cortez. They run for the Conquistador, escaping gunfire along the way. Guns, flaming arrows, rocks, scary men in funny hats. What's next? Kaboom! A cannonball lands inches from them. Gunfire, gunfire blares. Holy mommy cannonballs! The guys dive out of the way, tackling Cortez in the process, landing on top of him. They are face-to-face with the Conquistador himself as arrows continue to fly overhead. Hey, hola. Me, Bill. Yeah, Ted. Crap, I wish I knew some freaking Spanish. Oh, <laughs> damn, I'm good. <clears throat> oh, what does that guy always say to us at the cafeteria? Right, perfect. Cajo and tu leche. Subtitled... <laughs> I shit in your milk. (laughs) Bill and Ted smile and quickly do their signature handshake. I hate the signature handshake, guys. I hate it. Yeah, but the the Spanish line, though. That was good. That was very good. Uh, It works on a, a few levles. Yeah, yeah there's a fucking there's a fucking cafeteria worker shitting in their fucking milk and like talking shit to their face. <laughs> I think that they think that guy loves them. Yeah, yeah, he's, like, he's always pretty nice about it. Oh. He's like, I shit in your milk. Yeah, and they're like, wow, thank you, oh, guy, cafeteria. He's be with you, homie. Yeah, yeah. Namaste. <laughs> Bill and Ted smile and quickly do their signature handshake. Cortez is infuriated. He pushes them off, stands up, picks up his shield, and pulls out his sword. Oh, sorry. That's a big, bedazzled sword you got there. They back away from him on the ground as he prepares to kill them both. While he walks toward them, an enemy comes up to attack Cortez from behind. He simply takes him down with his sword. Bill and Ted scream as they continue to back away. Please don't cut us. Um, Hernando, you've got a little little something there. (laughs) While Cortez wipes under his nose self-consciously, Ted grabs a handful of dirt and tosses it in Cortez's face. Cortez drops his shield and sword and flails his arms around, grabs Bill, 
wraps his hands around his neck. At a loss, Ted grabs the shield and whacks Cortez on the head, knocking him out. You okay? Yeah. Good. Let's get out of here. What about him? We can't just leave him. He'll be harpooned. A spear flies by and lands next to them. A group of conquistadors charge at them. They scream. Crap! You're right. Come on. Ted picks Cortez up like a baby. The two take off running. They see an army of Aztecs charging toward them. They turn to run the other way. Dial! Just dial! Now! Bill dials. Flash as the bubble encircles them. They vanish. Interior. Bubble. Continuous. Ted cradles Cortez as the three fly through space-time. Fade out. Figure I'll leave us on a bit of a cliffhanger. Ooh, that Cortez cliffhanger. The time bubble cliffhanger. What do you guys think so far? I mean, we've talked about it a bit, but... Right. I, like I said, it's interesting to read a comedy, and I always thought we'd be a little too cri- like critical of it. But honestly, coming off of the string of uh, <laughs> of shit we've been reading lately, it's kind of nice just to have a fun like back and forth for a little while. It feels less bad because it's fun and it's kind of meant to be stupid. Yeah. Like, like. I think the joke the jokes are landing a little bit better rather than like if I'm trying to write like a space op- opera epic movie and everything is just convoluted and stupid and sure. it's in the writing like they're they're not like a, a funny Chewbacca scene in that movie like <laughs> <laughs> they're all hilarious right yeah it, uh, I mean we could probably do a whole episode just recapping like everything that was terrible about the Star Wars. But this is enjoyable. I like it. Yeah, I I agree completely with you about trying to change the air guitar thing. That sucks. Well, the air guitar thing was also unique. And a a secret handshake, not unique at all. And a cell phone, right? Like, Yeah, phone booth. Oh, let's update that to a cell phone. Like, they thought of that like that was the first thought they had you know like yeah, it's, right. it's yeah. too easy yeah uh and this is the mm-hmm. third draft like by now you should have gone past the cell phone thing and come up with something better i i wish they would i still wish they would have done the uh the couple of kids out of time because i mean these are, i don't really think these kids are losers they're just dumb and they, they don't care about like school but they're not like losers like Bill and Ted they didn't really have any other friends they didn't have a choice because they were they were just to their own and they were they were losers in their their time not just bad at school they just didn't fit in anywhere else and, and look, these kids I don't, I don't really see they don't fit in they're just slow yeah um and I think they they there's a sense that they like alienate people like the way they talk to Jorge really informs right. why the guy at the cafeteria shits in their milk. Yeah. Um, but I want to go back to the phone booth thing for a second, because if you think about the poster for the first movie or the DVD cover or what have you, sure, it's them 
sitting on top of the phone booth and all these historical figures crammed into the phone booth. Yeah. yeah. And like you can't do that with a nebulous bubble. Right. It's just a bubble with Hernando Cortez and some other yeah. like El Chapo figures. A bunch of people crammed into a bubble doesn't make sense cuz it doesn't have a defined parameter in the minds of people. Sure. You know, nobody's like, yeah. "Oh, yeah, you can only fit so many people into a time bubble." The phone booth was just as much a character as the rest of the characters. So like the, the cell phone is hard to like make into something that's notable. I think it's, the, it's all timeless. The, the adding the air guitar with the fucking foley work of a of a fucking riff on a guitar, yeah, is something that you do, you do not want. You're not supposed to do in like a normal respectable movie where you're breaking that wall. Yeah, and this is like they abide by that rule by having a handshake instead of the fucking cut out of it's fucking dumb but everybody remembers it I mean rebooting Bill and Ted is an ill-advised move in the first place and I really feel like these writers are probably doing the best they can within that ill-advised move and a lot of this may be studio notes maybe the studio was like no we want to make it our own we don't want them to do the and I don't know Uh, we don't want a phone booth who knows? But um, it it really seems like inexperienced writers trying to reboot something that was uh, a, a real unique touchstone in film his- mm. history. They, they, I also feel like they could have went off and done a, a different genre instead of it being uh, rock. If they're going to update it, like. 2007, I remember, was like a big deal. Like, you know, Usher. Uh, yeah, they uh, should have been Soulja rapping. Boy. Should have been a rap, a rap, a, a, a duo of rappers, like Kid and Play style. Yeah, stuff. but, but white guys. Yeah, so you could, re, you could completely redo it in that situation. Yeah. It's 2007. Still it's just rap. 2007, yeah. Eminem was gigantic. Yeah. At this yeah. point, it would be the perfect time to have them, like, wanting to be rappers. It could be time traveling sneakers. Yeah, right. Something, something that's of the hip hop community, right? And then they, they got to go back and like find historical figures from like the written word, like the, like philosophers and stuff like that. Something like, like that. Yeah. It could be a recording isolation booth. There you go. Oh my god, with the fucking headsets and shit. Yeah, that would be, be dude. That's sick. fucking dope, dude. That'd be sick. That's actually that's, that's actually pretty informed for right now. Right. Yeah, you can still pull this off, right? Yeah. We need to that's come up with cool. some movies that we can like film distantly in quarantine. Like I don't know if you guys saw they did uh uh Parks and Rec special where everyone's no. just like on computer screens doing like a sure. Zoom call. It was great. They did a whole episode. That's fucking cool. Also, not to get too off topic, because uh, I do want to get out of here. But um, are we? Do you think we're going to see on TV like a bunch of episodes where characters are all wearing masks and dealing with this quarantine thing, or do you think TV shows are just going to skip over the whole messy issue? You could sit down right now and type out a thousand pages of 
a rom-com about a group of people who were stuck as roommates during the quarantine and Netflix will buy it literally fucking tomorrow. Hold on. It doesn't I guarantee you there are 743 scripts for movies right. about the quarantine floating around right now. Because everyone used their quarantine to finally get around to writing that terrible movie they've been threatening to do. And it's about the quarantine. But I'm talking about, like, TV series that already exist. You know? Like, is Grey's Anatomy going to tackle the quarantine? Are we going to have eight episodes of Law & Order where everyone's wearing masks? I think think right now it's a little hot. I mean, once it comes back, everything's going to come back eventually. Uh, I don't. I mean, <laughs> that's still left to be seen. Um, so I don't know. I, I think. Uh, I think on a long enough timeline they will. But right now, like a year from now, I don't know. I mean, it, it'll be it'll be a hot topic because it'll be like, oh, which stance? Like, I would love to see Law and Order about anti-maskers and people die. Oh yeah. Right, like like hot takes on this shit, like like taking a stand on one side or the other. Like, uh, I would love to see a documentary called Karen. Or, mm. or there's like there's a, a a maskless killer, a guy going around killing people who refuse to wear masks, and the cops are just like, <laughs> oh yeah, we're we're on that, we're we're looking real hard for him. Yeah. What about a coming of age movie? that's kind of like an indie film kind of like perks of being a wallflower but it's about a group of teenagers and it's called quarantines and it's oh like nice jeff i love of it them dealing with what it's like to be have social anxiety order now that everybody has to stay the fuck away from them yeah like it could be about it could be them like uh coming out of their junior year into their high school year and then they can't have it yeah, and it's about that, and it's about like breaking the rules, and then somebody like the like your favorite character catches COVID and fucking dies. Right. And like, oh, dude. Okay, yes, I'm gonna go with yes, Sean. Yeah, <laughs> I choose yes because that's got money. <laughs> yeah, all I right. see dollar signs. I'm like, Shee! like. All right, listeners, you've gotten a bonus uh, bunch of pitches of stuff that you can go and write because we're too lazy to. Um. Just uh, thank us at the Emmys, please. Josh, <laughs> tell people where they can find you on the internet. You guys can find me on joshuajbaker.com. Reach out to me at josh, J-O-S-H, at joshuajbaker.com. That's uh, my email. I'm doing a lot of real estate videos lately, and I actually am also doing social media content for people right now. Uh, if you need some videos, hit me up. Do that. And then uh, Table Reads. You can find everything you need at tablereadspodcast.com. If you're watching on YouTube, that's been on the screen the whole time. But uh, I've put our Linktree link up if you want direct links to everywhere else we can be found. Also, guys, don't forget to uh, hit up patreon.com slash table reads. Um, you can get access to our live streams. Uh, like you could be here with us right now uh, sending us questions that we're we could be monitoring and, and and responding to but you're not i don't know why anyway that's it for us we'll see you uh in two weeks because we're going bi-weekly during corona times and uh we'll be back for part two of bill and ted's friggin badass voyage 
This podcast was created by Sean McBee. For more, visit TableReadsPodcast.com. Cut to black. Black.